What is going on, guys? This is the Fan Up Strategy Show. We're going to be talking about the Super Bowl. If you guys aren't aware of what that is, that is not the the Pro Bowl, which is happening this weekend. The Super Bowl, which happens the week after. It is the Rams taking on the Bengals. And uh, a game some people, I, I believe, are anticipating. And we've got some contests to talk about over on Fan Up. And if you guys are not familiar with FanUp, you could sign up using the link in the description box below. You head on over to FanUp. You can download their app. And if you make an account using the promo code also, you don't have to put any money down. You just sign up using the promo code also, get $20 in free play. Don't have to do anything other than that. Don't have to put in any kind of credit card information. Don't have to make a deposit. That's it. Use that promo code to get 20 bucks, free dollars. So Terry, one game, we don't have too, too much to dive all that deep into, but just kind of some overarching thoughts here. Who's your pick to win the game? Uh, I'm leaning slightly toward the Rams. I think it's going to be a really good game. I think this is a, probably the most interesting contest we could have gotten out of the four teams that were on the board last weekend. So I'm happy that this is the matchup we get. I think it's going to be a fun, competitive Super Bowl for a change. And uh, yeah, I, I think I'm leaning toward the Rams, but I'm expecting it to be really close. I think these two teams line up pretty well and uh, they've got similar weapons on both sides. So I, I expect a really good contest. It could easily go either way, but I, I'm leaning toward the Rams. That's what I'm rooting for, I think, as well. A uh, little L.A., uh, uh, California uh, favoritism there on my part. I really like Cooper Cup. I like Odell. We've talked about that before, so that's where I'm going with it. And something else that I'm, I'm going to throw in about this game, I'm not sure it's going to be competitive. I have a gut okay. feeling. We saw – remember the first, the first game the Bengals played in the playoffs? Joe Burrow was sacked nine times. The Bengals do not have a good offense line. They have a terrific offense. They've got a lot of good weapons there. Burrow is great. His wide receivers are great. Mixon, you know, as far as running backs go, he's probably one of the few that actually does make a difference. Mm -hmm. that, that game where he was sacked nine times against the Titans, and I think he's going up against Aaron Donald, going up against Von Miller, a little concerning to me. I wouldn't be surprised if the Rams defensive line just has their way with the Bengals offensive line and just kind of shuts down the offense. It's in my head the way that I think this game is probably most likely to play out, but We'll see. So the Rams are going to be my pick. If I had to, you know, take a side of the game, I would be going with the Rams out there. They're also slight favorites, but I think the line could use to be a little bit bigger. Uh, do you, what, what do you think of that line of logic? Yeah, it's not a bad thought. I mean, if you're picking somewhere where these two teams do kind of stack up differently, it's that Rams front four. And I mean, when you're bringing in a Von Miller, like that's this is the situation. This is why they want him there. So, yeah, it's not a bad thought with the uh, the weaker offensive line that uh, those guys uh, and their ability to get to the QB. 
I can definitely see it. Um, you know, obviously this is what they're preparing for. This is what their game, they're game planning for. They know that that's coming. So we'll see how they come out. And it's all about how they, you know, initially attack that in the first uh, part of the game, whether they can get out ahead and, you know, maybe negate the, uh, the, the uh, pass rush a little bit. There's, yeah, we'll see how it comes down. But yeah, if this game is won decisively, that's probably where it would be won decisively. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, so uh, let's start talking about the actual uh, Super Bowl here. And if you guys aren't familiar with how Fan Up works, Jordan has it right up there up on the screen. Jordan, why don't you click on the uh, the Super Bowl uh, 10K Liddy contest where legends are made, according to the according to the uh, text there. So the, the way that FanUp works, it's, it's different than FanDuel, different than DraftKings in a couple of ways. The big one being this, there's no salary cap. So you can play whoever you want, which also means that there's going to be some more concentrated ownership. There's also one other little wrinkle. There's something called the flex position, which is going to be a spot where whichever player you put in the flex, it has to be a running back, a wide receiver, a tight end. They get 1.5x their fantasy points. So we're building a lineup, and keep in mind, this is only for the Super Bowl. doesn't include the Pearl Bowl. We're going to be playing a, Q, a quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, and a tight end. And let's start by talking about the QB, Terry, because we've got Matthew Stafford. We've got Joe Burrow. And unlike last week, where I think we did have, even though there was more options, Joe Burrow, or I mean, uh, 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 Patrick Mahomes, was projected way higher than every other QB on the slate. How do you look at the Super Bowl where we only have two QBs to choose from between Joe Burrow and Matt Stafford? Yeah, and looking at our board, we've got them projected so similarly. It's essentially a coin toss, 20.94 using DK projections, 20.23 for Burrow, 29.94 for Stafford. That's essentially the same projection. If we're looking at the yards per pass attempt, 6.6 yards per pass attempt allowed by the Bengals, 6.4 yards per pass attempt allowed by the Rams. So, I mean, we're talking about negligible differences. Both of these teams have elite wide receiver options. They've got really strong passing games. I'm totally fine going with either one of these quarterbacks. I'll spin it back to what you just said, just on the idea that Joe Burrow might be under more of a threat from the pass rush. Let's go with Matt Stafford. And then... You know, also just given the way that you and I both think the Rams are going to win, the Bengals do appear to be uh, kind of a public team. A lot of people are, are certainly backing Joe Burrow because he's cool. I, I think that's something <laughs> that's kind of resonated with people. Do you think there's going to be a massive ownership gap between the two QBs for this contest? Uh, so I don't think I was looking for our ownership earlier, and I don't think we had it up on uh, the site yet for the Super Bowl. I'm sure we're uh, we're working on that behind the scenes. I would expect that, especially when we've only got the two guys to choose from, like it's not going to get that divergent where it's going to make a massive difference. And it's not going to be really a decision-making factor here. If we do see it in our projections for the other sites where there is, you know, Joe Burrow's coming in 75% for whatever reason, and Matthew Stafford's coming in 25% at like negligible salary differences, then you can extrapolate from that, that the same thing would probably be true over here. I just don't really expect it, you know, at worst, what's it going to 60, 40, maybe. And that would be, a difference enough to play, but I don't see it even going to that, to that degree. Yeah. And once again, like I was saying before, it's different, you know, last week we passed from, this is just off the top of my head. I think we had him projected for something like 26 fantasy points. And the next highest projected QB was at 20 fantasy points. There's just not that big of a gap between Matthew Stafford and Joe Burrow. The other thing to consider too, with this game is we could see a situation where the Rams get ahead, the Bengals need to throw to keep up late, and that could be a situation which leads to more passing of the football. 
hard to really dive too much more into the quarterbacks because there's two of them and we talked about both of them. There's there's certainly not an angle where you could play a backup quarterback, number one, that's generally stupid to do on one game slates anyway, and that's not even an option that we have here. So we'll go with Matthew Stafford here. Uh, Jordan, bring up the running backs and something else that kind of stands out. When you're playing a two-game, when you're playing a one-game slate and you have to choose two running backs, quick math for me. Terry, how many starting running backs are there in this game? Uh, at least two. I'm sure of that. Um, is there a third starting running back? <laughs> no, it's it's ju- it's just two, which which two leads teams, me which leads back. me to this which leads me to this here. Is there any reasonable way that you could see yourself getting to a backup running back? I know Cam Akers is a little bit banged up with his shoulder right now. So what? He's going to be good to go for the Super yeah. Bowl. You're fooling yourself. That's not the guy towards his Achilles earlier in the year, and he's he's back for the playoffs. So I think a little bit of banged up shoulder is going to hold him out, especially when you consider that. You know, he hurt his shoulder last game. What did he miss? Three plays, comes right back out on the field. So that shoulder injuries, it's going to be fine by the time the Super Bowl runs around. Is there any way you could see yourself getting away from Cam Akers or Joe Mixon as the two starting running backs in this game? I I would say that the only argument for it really is if you're just looking at it as this is the point at which I'm going to differentiate this lineup from a lot of people and try and make a unique build here. And then maybe, yeah, you can stick like a Sony Michelle in there. Maybe you go to a P Ryan and stick him in there. And, you know, it, it's going to be suboptimal in terms of how it projects, but you're just taking that dart on the touchdown upside of one of these guys, you know, getting a carry near the goal line and getting it over the goal line and into the end zone. So you can try and pick off TDs that way. And it is kind of an interesting point at which to, to differentiate. We've got multiple wide receiver spots. So there's going to be a lot of different combinations of those wideouts where I think given the two running back spots, two starting running backs uh, set up, a lot of people are just going to plug and play the top two starting running backs here. So I think there's a little bit of viability for, for the, uh, the primary backups for sure. Yeah. And then I, I have to ask you this question. If you had, and not saying you have to, but if there's a situation where you absolutely had to play a backup running back for whatever reason, who would you be more apt to go to and who or most apt to go to in this game? It would probably be Sony Michelle. If you're going, if you're going to anybody else, you're kind of looking for more like a, a big play, like you know, weird thing that breaks. Where Sonny Michelle, I, I can see a narrative where he's getting some some just direct calls near the end zone. I can see the idea of Cam Akers gets a few additional plays off, so he's going to be the next logical guy to touch the ball. I think it makes sense from that perspective. So he'd probably be the guy. Um, just it seems like in my head the most logical guy to go to there and the most likely guy to get the ball in the end zone if we're going to a backup. Yeah, uh, I think I guess we can make somewhat of a case for Samaje Piran just because he scored a touchdown last week. Now, with that yeah, said, he, he he hardly got touches, but he just right. happened to bring. Actually, if I'm not mistaken, I think that was his first snap of the entire game that he scored a touchdown on. The Bengals were kind of struggling to run the football. They put Piran in. He catches a uh, a dump off pass and runs it in. Whatever it was thirty four yards for a touchdown, whatever the yardage ended up being. But realistically, we want to go with Joe Mixon and Cam Akers here, right? Yeah, look, if we're going by the projections, if we're going by the probabilities of who's going to score the most fantasy points, it's easily those guys. If we're not worrying about ownership and we're just plugging in, uh, we're taking advantage of the ability to plug in whoever we want on the on the fan up, then absolutely, those are your two guys. It's it's a no-brainer. All right, Cam Akers, Joe Mixon, that's the chalk. But with that said, I think it's reasonable enough chalk. We're going to be talking about wide receivers, tight ends. I think those are other positions where we could maybe a little bit more reasonably differentiate away from the popular plays uh, so let's hit on the wide receivers now. And Cooper Cup, 
He's going to project for more fantasy points than everybody else in this game by a very, very wide margin. The only question here, and it's the same question I posed to you last week, are we playing him in the flex spot or are we playing him in the wide receiver spot, Terry? Well, last week he came out and put up, uh, let's see, uh, 11 catches, 142 yards, and two TDs, uh, averaging 12.9 a catch, outpacing Odell, got in the end zone both times. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're going to this uh, this quarterback. I think it makes a ton of sense to put his uh, super uh, receiver in that spot. Like you said, he's projecting he's projecting five points beyond the quarterbacks on the DraftKings uh, projections. It's It's just bananas how good this guy is, and he just never slows down. Like, I think I've been kind of just waiting all season for that, like, one game where, all right, Cooper Cup came out and had two catches and uh, three fantasy points, and it was just that one clunker game, and it just doesn't come. This guy's so, so good. Pop him in the multiplier spot. Let's just take advantage, especially if we're just going chalk with this build. And then I want to ask you, though, just because I do think one of the probably more reasonable ways to differentiate, we'll talk about the superstar spot later, I do think maybe one of the more reasonable ways to find an upside lineup that has a little bit of differentiation is going with like a Jamar Chase or one of the running backs in that flex spot. So that's something else to keep in mind as we go through this. But as for the other wide receivers in this game, clearly the next best wide receiver option behind Cooper Cup is Jamar Chase. Mm -hmm. But let's operate under the assumption that we're playing Cooper Cup in that flex spot. We're getting 1.5x fantasy points. We've got Jamar Chase in the other wide receiver spot. Who's your next favorite wide receiver? Because there are a lot of guys from here where we are going to be looking at a little bit of different lineups where not everybody's going to be playing the same guy between, you know, Odell Beckham, Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins. There's a lot of other wide receivers in the mix we could go with here. Which one's your favorite? Yeah, so I've mentioned a few times I do really like getting to Odell in a lot of situations. I think he uh, tends to go under-owned, although in a single-game slate where we're all uh, picking whoever we want, I'm sure he'll be pretty correctly owned and pretty popular. Um, but I have no issues going to any of the Tyler Boyds of the world, the Van Jeffersons of the world. These are guys who are involved in their passing game. They're highly skilled receivers. They're good weapons to go to. So anybody that's going to be differentiated, and if we had ownership numbers, we could speak to it a little bit better. So keep an eye out for those and just start looking at you know the guys who are just purely lower owned. I think it makes a lot of sense to just kind of gravitate toward at least one, if not two of those choices. And whether you're doing it in a situation where, all right, we've already got Cooper Cup in there. Do we go to Odell and just play like a, a Rams wipeout and try and get as much of that passing game as we as we want to? Do we do a weird build where we've got uh, you know Stafford and uh, and then Cooper Cup and then we focus everything else into the uh, into the Cincinnati passing game, but without the quarterback? There are differentiated types of uh, approaches that you can take to just the overall lineup construction just by making different choices in here. I think if I was picking a just total favorite. It would probably be Higgins just based on how we've got him projected. But for me, if I'm building, I'm going to Odell, I think primarily over Higgins in that spot. I do agree that Chase is the second best overall receiver on the board. And then for, for the wide receivers here, does which quarterback you choose in your lineup, does it have in, any impact on what you're doing with wide receivers? I know you and I both agreed that Stafford is our favorite guy, but let's say you're playing multiple lineups in this contest. It's not unreasonable to play some with Stafford, some with Burrow. There's not that much of a projection gap between the two. Is which one you play there going to impact whether you go with like a Beckham or T. Higgins or Tyler Boyd as, this, as, a, as a secondary wideout option? 
I mean, yeah, in that you want to try and correlate some of those uh, some of those potential points. Um, you definitely want to bear in mind that since we've only got one game, there's going to be a limited amount of scoring just overall on the board. So put together different combinations. Like if you're going to a lot of combinations of Cup and, o- and Odell together, then start working with your different combinations of some of these other position players and make sure you're covering a lot of possibilities within that blanket that you've created of Cup and Odell lineups. Um, I would try and get to a lot of differentiation, though, I think, on the, on a site like this, if I'm building multiple lineups, I'm going to try and put together as many unique entries as I can and not necessarily sweat so much of, uh, you know, I have to get um, two primary receivers with my quarterback. You're going to get that anyway, just based on, you know, one game, so many spots to fill. So I'm not really going to worry too much about it. It's going to come together naturally anyway. It's, it is a consideration you always want to stack for football. Um trying to stretch this answer a little bit. <laughs> that's yeah that's what i got yeah fair enough and then anybody else if we're going really deep uh jordan could you scroll down through the wide receivers a little bit oh look at that we've hit the bottom i, I thought maybe there'd be some some names way at the bottom were kind of off the board that we could talk about but it looks like they're only got kind of the core guys included olo right, so, jr tyler yeah, so boyd scratch, higgins yeah i mean oh, that kind of I was going to say that kind of scratches what I was saying about a lot of the different combinations. There's a limited number of combinations that we can build with these guys. So, I mean, we're just going to basically anybody that we want and putting them in, click on whoever you want, put them in the lineup. All right. Let's head on over to the tight end position now. And uh, this is where things are getting a little dicey because uh, CJ Uzoma hurt Tyler Igby also hurt. But we don't know what their status is right now because this game is, let's see, quick math. What are we, nine, nine days away from the, from the Super Bowl here. Let's, so Jordan's counting up his fingers really quick. He's going like this, which I don't know. It's like when he counts down for shows. Who knows how many fingers he's holding up. But So for the tight end position, let's look at this a couple of different ways because we've, we've got some time left. And uh, if anybody has questions, you can throw those in as well. But let's first assume that all the tight ends are healthy. Let's say we get a fully healthy CJ Ozoma and Tyler Higby under that sort of circumstance, Terry, who's your favorite tight end to go to? I said it last time around and I'm going to go back to the same answer. I've been getting to a lot of Higby throughout the season and at some point he's going to deliver for me and maybe it's here. He can win me a handbag. So I'll go back to uh, the Tyler Higby choice. I like him. I like going to that offense. And I think that just on some recency, I think people are going to be more drawn to uh, CJ Ozoma if he goes. I think people will, you know, there'll be a, a good amount of people who just click on Kendall Blanton regardless of Higby's status. So I think maybe we can thread a needle uh, for some lower owned uh, ownership on uh, on Higby there. Yeah, and the other thing too with, with these guys is I guess Higby's more likely to play than CJ Ozoma. I'm going to look up really quickly to see if we've got any updates on these guys today. To me, it would seem crazy if Uzoma is able to play because he had, uh, it was an MCL. Uh, I don't know exactly what the degree of the sprain was, but. Uh, yeah, I think it's the same injury for both of them too, right? MCL. Uh, so let's see, CJ Uzoma. Uh, all right, well, Ian Rapport's repeat. You know, you know what's part of the issue also when people report on like knee injuries? People don't realize that sprains have way different severities and, mm-hmm. and span a lot of their, If you tear your ACL, that's still a sprained knee. So a lot of guys, when they tear their ACL, it's initially diagnosed as a sprained knee. All torn ACLs are knee sprains. Not all knee sprains are torn ACLs. So some people look at it and like, oh, look, it's only a sprained MCL. So people are like, that's good news for Maybe, we, but it looks like we don't know the severity of it yet because – 
obviously, you know, grade one could be week to week, but then you get to a grade two MCL injury. And then you're looking at, you know, like six to eight weeks. So I'm, I'm no doctor. I know I'm Photoshopped in one in one of our uh, recent uh, uh, thumbnails for a YouTube video, the NBA injury report, which I'm going to be recording after this. Uh, but just some some overall little bit of information there. I think it would be kind of unlikely if Uzoma plays, but we shall see. But let's talk about some of these backups now, Terry. We've got Kendall Blanton, who played a pretty significant role for the Rams last game after after Tyler Higby got hurt. And then we've got Drew Sample, who exists. I, I don't really know what else to say He's about him. He exists. Yeah. yeah, Drew Sample, you know, computer-generated player. He's out there, though. If there's a situation where Higby and Uzoma both don't play, which of the backup tight ends would you get to? Knowing full well that backup tight ends have, for whatever reason, been extremely prominent in primetime games for uh, for DFS contests this year, to the point, too, where I was like, this is surely going to normalize at some point. And now we're at the Super Bowl, and it never did, and we could be looking at two uh, starting backup tight ends. So what a better way to finish the season. Sample versus Blanton, any takes here? I think it's got to strongly favor Kendall Blanton just based on what we saw last week. Uh, five catches, 57 yards, definitely was involved uh, in the offense and looked kind of dynamic out there. You know, he made some things happen when he made those catches. So I think it would be pretty firmly that one. Uh, if we're looking at when uh, Sample was in the game, one catch for four yards, not exactly the uh, same kind of performance, the same kind of dynamic uh, nature. And just I think that they're comfy just kind of firing away to the wideouts in Cincinnati where the tight end going to be a little bit more involved than what the Rams are looking to do so i think based on that i would lean towards uh toward blanton so you know cue up the uh, two touchdown and 11 yard day for drew sample and i mean the other thing too is just because these guys both got hurt so early in last game we could kind of look at some of the target shares here and draw some conclusions from that about uh perhaps what the role in the offense could look like kendall bland last game against the 49ers Five catches for 57 yards. He was targeted five times. That's somewhat of a substantial role. Drew mm-hmm. Sample, meanwhile, I don't have it right off the right off the top of my head, but I'm looking it up right now. I don't remember him really doing anything significant last week after CJ Ozoma got hurt. Yards, yeah. It was his final stat line was, yeah, one catch for four yards, two targets, though. And that was also overtime, so we played extra snaps. So just yeah. based on that information. Kendall Bland, that's our guy of the backup tight ends. Are we comfortable with that, Terry? I think so. I think that's the backup tight end. Like you said, this is where we're making our money. So fire up the Kendall Bland. All right. It is, uh, it is time to get on with the flex position. And like I said at the top of the show, flex position. The player you play here, it has to be a wide receiver, running back, or a tight end. Whoever you play in there gets 1.5x their fantasy points. So – Cooper Cup's clearly the chalk play here. He's the he's the number one guy to go with. If you want to differentiate, I do think we could go with Joe Mixon or Cam Akers. Here is the downside of that, though. That means we have to play another shitty running back if we do that. So the opportunity cost, is it worth the squeeze, Terry? If we're trying to differentiate and play Mixon or Akers in that, in that 1.5x spot, is it worth us having to play uh, Samaje P. Ryan or Sony Michelle in, in one of the other running back spots? I mean, it's a differentiated, interesting kind of a build at the very least, right? So we're, we're doing something that not a lot of people will be doing. It's not without upside. It's going to be suboptimal in terms of how it projects out versus a lot of different options on the board for us. But yeah, and I would consider probably going with the direct backup to whoever we put in the multiplier spot. Like give me Akers in the multiplier and Sony Michelle in the running back spot um, versus like a, like a, a Joe Mixon, Smaji Pirine uh, Akers in the multiplier spot. Like I want 
if I'm doing that, I think I want to book the upside of just guaranteeing myself the touchdowns uh, and the uh, and the production from the the same backfield from one team. Here's here's actually kind of a, an angle I'm thinking about now, just as we're talking talking through this. Do you think there's any merit to playing potentially two tight ends? Let's say you Zoma and Tyler Higby are both active. What if we went double tight ends, played either Higby or Uzoma? I know your lean was towards Higby playing Higby in the flex spot because that is not something that really anybody's going to do. But there is kind of a noticeable upside there. We've seen Uzoma and Higby both individually have big games at times. Yeah, I don't, I don't hate that whatsoever. It's definitely a, a like you said, it's going to be a very unique construction. Certainly not a lot of people on a site where you can pick uh, basically whoever you want and whatever combinations you want. Not a lot of people going to be going double tight end. Probably not a lot of people going to be putting either one of the tight ends in any situation into that multiplier spot like like that, which I guess is the requirement for doing double tight end. Um, but yeah, I, I have no issue with doing that. It's going to be unique. It's going to be a situation that's probably going to require you to get the tight end right that you're putting in that multiplier and by get it right i mean get the touchdown out of them get a two touchdown game out of them but yeah i think there's there's at least some you know via viability in that approach in terms of making a unique lineup which is what we're really after here all right one minute left guys i haven't done already like the video subscribe to the youtube channel also if you're looking to play on fan up for the first time you just sign up using that promo code awesome you don't have to put any money down you get $20 when you sign up. Here's the final question I'm going to ask you, and we'll sign off with this, Terry. You have to play anybody in the flex spot who isn't Cooper Cup. Who would be your guy? Can't be Cooper Cup. Anybody else? I'm going to go back to the well with Odell Beckham here. I've been saying his name all throughout the show and uh, just a little old heartstrings. I'm hoping Odell gets a Super Bowl here. Um, DFS-wise, I think Jamar Chase is probably a very good answer there. You know, our next most highly projected wide out from a team that we expect to be passing quite a bit. So Jamar Chase, probably the better DFS, DFS answer. If I'm doing it for me, it's Odell. All right. That is going to do it for us. Thank you guys very much for whoever stuck around and watched. Haven't done it already? Like the video. Subscribe to the YouTube channel on the way out. Got a lot more content coming up today. MMA Strategy Show, NBA Deeper Dive, NBA Live Before Lock. Good luck today, guys. <laughs>